0: The title for my show today is Slow Down. Shall I say that one more time? Slow Down. Hi, I'm so glad you joined us today and I hope that you will listen um, with an open heart and an open ear to the things I want to chat about today that include slowing down. And how do we slow down? And what is this culture doing to us by jazzing us up and readying us up and calling us to do more than we can do? And how it's stretching us and robbing us of the very things that we really want to do. And I want to center a little today in how this affects our children. Early child psychology will tell you that you should never tell a child to hurry up. And hurry up is the absolute opposite of slowing down. And I want to ask you, Mom, how many times have you said to your child in the last few days, hurry up? You're on your way to work, you're on your way to school. Um, the whole idea of preparation and getting ready so that they're prepared and you're prepared gets lost in the shuffle when there are so many things on our plate that we are going from thing to thing to thing to thing. And of course the technology has caused us to, to even go faster. Um, I, I had an incident on my computer just today And I know there's a technological way to cut and paste in large frame, scan printer to computer, push the print button, and voila. Well, yeah, there is a way, but I didn't know what it was. So now I have three people in my office trying to figure out how to get it done on my computer. Their computers are different. The preferences are set. And all in all, I could have slowly and calmly typed out the centerpiece that I wanted to cut and paste. Well, I know the technology is there, but I don't know how to do it. And for years, I've been looking at my computer saying "Anthro thick." And that's where we put things that are natural and we try to put God over them. Well, my computer is like that to me because I look at that box and I say to myself, There's so much this box can do that I do not know and do not understand. And that's how I feel about my relationship with God. There's so much about God that I do not know and do not understand. And there's so many things that we want to teach our children about God that we do not know and do not understand. And yet, there is a limit to even that when I leave this earthly body for my ultimate homegoing, when I leave this earthly body for my ultimate homegoing, I will have not known everything about God. It's impossible. It's impossible. And so I have marshaled the, the amount of my reading, the amount of my study. A, a student phoned to me not long ago and wanted to know a, a a Bible student, wanted to know if I read only certain parts of the Bible. And I said, I, I have read the entire Bible through many times. I read the Old Testament and the New Testament. I read the Gospels. I read the Epistles. I read the poetry. I read the Psalms. I read the wisdom books. But there are few books in the Bible that I have self-determined I want to know a lot about and keep studying and keep being encouraged through them. One of them is the Gospel of John. Another is the Epistle of Titus. Another is First and Second Timothy. Another is the book of Esther. So I, I, Proverbs is another. So we take 66 books and I've said, these are the ones I really, I can't possibly know them all. I can't possibly know them all intimately and their authors or the context of who they were written to or what culture and civilization they were written to or with. The children of Israel, just think of what their life comprises. Can we know all of these things? So when I'm talking about slowing down, I'm talking about not being so ambitious and helping your children understand what is their ambition toward in the books of 1st and 2nd Thessalonians Paul is talking to the church of Thessalonica and he is saying to them work with your hands be centered in a few things he is saying to them do not stretch yourself and be so ambitious that you want to know everything about everything and do everything about everything and we have the resources in America to do many more things than we can do. And picking and choosing is not easy. I may wind up spending a couple of days talking about this. I have so many things I want to, to talk to you about. So th- the first thing I want to do principally is say to you, this is your choice and this is your family's choice. I'm gonna say this again. This is your choice and this is your family's choice. What is important to you about raising your children? and how can you accomplish that and and that has to be a few handful of things that you have you and your spouse if you are married have prioritized that you say that my children knowing and understanding character traits is more important than being able to play three instruments. Or that my children's musical ability is more important than their being on a sports team, because after all, we learn a lot about life on a sports team, don't we? Or my child's physical activity is more important than the sedentary activity of learning video games. Now, all of these are very important things. Music is important, education is important. Technology and video and screens are important to survive and succeed in America, but to what percentage are we doing what? And then how many things can we do in every season? I've watched my daughter and son-in-law who have two children who are, are almost 11 and nine, and I've seen them make really hard choices when there's a plethora of opportunities. Now, the second thing I want to say about this is your choice and your family should choose together and make a priority. The second thing I want to say to you is that it's very easy to be ambitious. And I want to read to you a couple of passages out of Proverbs. Uh, can I bunny trail just for a moment about Proverbs? If you don't read the Proverbs, If no one has ever said to you, "A thirty-one proverbs for a season, for um, every year, for one month, read one proverb a year." You can never read the proverbs too often. And part of that is just like the scripture; it is alive and well, and its movement in your life changes as you are moving. But the proverbs are a book about wisdom about gaining wisdom in practical areas. Now, I particularly love the Proverbs because I'm particularly a practical person. If someone asks me, what is the bulk of your ministry? What is the bulk of your teaching? What are the bulk of the books you have written? I will always say, I'm above all practical. I'm above all practical. It's one thing to have a lofty principle, and I love principles. It's, It's another thing to take that principle and say, Well, How do I make it work? And the principle I'm talking about here is a principle of ambition and speed or the amount of time there is. The principle of Sabbath rest, the principle of what one author has called rest resistance. We are rest resistant. Our ambitions are so high that we are just going from thing to thing to thing to thing. And the principle of of having a pace of life is set aside for the opportunity to try one more thing and to do one more thing. So this principle is, is offset by the practicality and Proverbs is a very practical place. So there are three pa- places in the Proverbs that I, I just want to read to you. And they all start out this, better is a, better is a little. Better is a little, better is a dry morsel. So I'm going to read them to you. Proverbs 15, verse 16 and 17. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than a great treasure and trouble. Better is a dinner of vegetables, even non-organic vegetables, girls, where love, where love is than a fatted ox where hatred is. And I recently visited with a young family, and they were describing what felt like hatred in their family. She was hating him because he was working so much and never at home with his family, even though they had the fatted oxen at every meal, the fatted ox at every vacation, the fatted ox house. And I've said this through the years of the work of Homemakers by Choice, and that is, it's America' dream to own a house. It's not God's dream. Nowhere in the scripture. Oh, I'm not saying we shouldn't own a home. It's a great investment. It can be a great investment. But it also takes away a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of falling in love with a place instead of falling in love with God. Homes and the economic treasure can become an idol. The second Proverbs is Proverbs 16 and 8. Better is a little with righteousness than a large income without justice. Powerful concept. Better is a little that is done with righteousness that we know it's right, it's pleasing to God, it's His righteousness living out in us, it's it's holy, it's not greedy, then a large income that has no justice. And I, I would just bunny tail for a moment about justice and income. Often we become slum landlords, even if we don't own any extra property. We become slum slum landlords with how we spend our resources and we forget about caring for the orphan and the widow and the poor. We forget about stopping. And I know we should not stop and give money to everyone who's standing in a corner, but you know, if God calls you to do it, we should practice having less ourselves and giving others more. That is a justice principle, and God is very just. And the last proverb is Proverbs 17 and 1. Better is a dry morsel with quiet than a house full of feasting and strife. You want me to say that one again? Better is a dry morsel with quiet than a house full of feasting and strife. Now, this one my partic- my husband particularly likes because he loves quiet. 17.1, Proverbs 17 and 1. Better is a dry morsel. A dry morsel, doesn't that sound unpleasant? And you, you see the children of Israel eating the same food every day. You see um, a country in poverty who, who gets a little wedge of bread, and they're sharing it among them. Better is a dry morsel, the scripture says, with quiet. With a peacefulness than the striving for more, the striving for getting ahead, the striving for increased. When my grandchildren were little, I bought a marvelous book. I'm sorry, I don't know the name of it. If somebody really wants the name of it, send me an email. I'll get up from my uh, broadcasting and go in and get the title of it. But there's a song, and the song is about a dinosaur, and it goes like this More, 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 more. How do you feed? a dinosaur. I think that's what God's talking about in this Proverbs. Better a dry morsel with quiet, leading a quiet life and working with our hands, as Paul tells the church of Thessalonica, than a house full of feasting with much roast beef and mashed potatoes and strife. How will we pay for this? How will we have more? How will we show what we have? all the things that come with being a culture that's greedy and moving too fast. Well, that's part one. Come back and we'll finish part two of how to slow down. Remember the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it an uncommonly slower day than yesterday.